It's time for Bourbon with Friends, the bourbon podcast that never takes itself too seriously. Pull up a chair, grab a glass, and remember, a bourbon with friends can change the world. Here we go. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Bourbon with Friends. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. I'm Paul and I'm joined by AJ and JC. And tonight we have a special guest. Uh, those of you in the whiskey world uh, might know him. Uh, he runs a very popular account on social media called Whiskey with a View, Mr. Nate Woodruff. Nate, how's it going, man? Good, guys. Pleasure to be on board with you. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So we ask everybody this that comes on the show for the first time and really just want to understand your whiskey journey better kind of give us a sense of how you got into this and then we can kind of flow through obviously your your social media journey and stuff like that but real curious to see how you got into whiskey to begin with yeah so i mean uh i didn't really get into the whiskey well i mean i got in pretty early i started working for a whiskey company at the age of 24 uh prior to that i worked in the bar restaurant industry as most people have been in this in the whiskey industry were in there in some capacity I uh, never liked whiskey when I was in my early 20s. Uh, bad experience with Jack Daniels when I was young, you know, hugging the porcelain throne all night and swore off whiskey. And, you know, just typical frat boy, shots of Jaeger, whiskey ginger, or not whiskey, uh, uh, rum and ginger and, you know, shots, Miller Lite, just, you know, bullshit. All, but, all the um, bad things. Lots of fireball. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I had a, uh, I had a restaurant manager of mine at the time, give me a bottle of Maker's Mark for my birthday. Uh, and that was when I was uh, just, I think it was my 24th birthday, actually. And uh, he said, happy birthday. I was like, it was Scotty. I'm like, Scotty, I don't drink this. This is whiskey. He's like, no, Nate, this is bourbon. He goes, you're going to drink one glass of this on the rocks, uh, one glass a night for seven nights in a row, and you're going to be hooked. And Scotty was like that father figure in, in my restaurant. So I was like, all right, <laughs> Scotty says to do it. I'm going to do it. And sure enough, by day five, I was hooked. Like, I felt more manly. I felt like... You know, <laughs> I felt bigger and stronger. Yeah, I felt like, you know, I was actually drinking something classy and, and not my usual swill. So um, that just kind of began this journey of me becoming like, completely obsessed and intrigued by how it was made, the different types. Uh, and I just dove into that rabbit hole head first. And I still haven't, I haven't stopped. I haven't hit the bottom of the well yet. But... Um, yeah, yeah, just from there on, I just started studying, reading. <laughs> My father and I would would buy like a bottle a week and just kind of oh, taste nice. it on a Saturday and just start a little collection. And it really made my father and I bond. Like we weren't super, super close until we both got into the whiskey. Um, but yeah, I mean, from there, I just started going to whiskey events. And then uh, I got offered a job as a associate brand ambassador for New Jersey for William Grant and Sons. So I spent three years working for Glenfiddich, Balvenie, Tullamore Dew, Monkey Shoulder, Hudson, uh, just running around New Jersey, doing tastings, dinners, events. And, uh, that was kind of my, my head start in the, in the world for, for three years. And then at 27, I took up a national position for Michter's and opened up Mexico for them, worked in Europe, the United States, extensively Canada. Uh, and then during, right before that time, I kind of started whiskey with a view with, mm -hmm. uh, really no preconceived notions that it would be successful. Um, let me back up a little bit before I got the job with William Grant, I started my whiskey Nate account. And, uh, on that, it was really more just for me to use. Right. Uh, 
I'm a very visually oriented, oriented person. So for me, taking a picture of a bottle and then writing a review, uh, it was an easy way for me to keep track of what I was tasting, uh, to organize my thoughts, remember what I was going, uh, what, what I was tasting in that bottle. Uh, and so I would do that. And uh, I got a little bit of a following, just people that were interested in my reviews. There was really no one really on Instagram for whiskey at this point. It was like right. me and like four <laughs> other guys, maybe. Um, and then one day on a whim, I just threw a bottle in my backpack and brought it into my second obsessed hobby, which was the outdoors. And I just put the bottle on a rock in the river, took a picture and did my review. And I noticed it got a ton more traction. So I was like, oh, maybe I'm onto something. And I just started doing that consistently. And then, uh, yeah, just through doing that all the time and then people emulating that style of photography with whiskey bottles, it just exploded. And is you know, it's been uh, six years and six years and four days since I started that. So that popped up on my memories and now it's what it is today, which I I don't even know what it is. It's just, it's constantly morphing and changing. Uh, I try to constantly, I keep the main theme in check, but I I like to, you know, for me, it's, it's really about people, not just following along pretty bottle shots, but following along my life adventure. Like I try to write about what I'm going through, what the day's like, where I am on that particular day. Uh, and it kind of just has become this thing. And that's why I did the, the whole van life thing for a year where people were just psyched to see me, you know, well, depends on who you ask, but grow as a human being and uh, see where I am, what I'm doing, like who I'm hanging out with. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of just been like my live journal, if you will, of my experiences and adventures. And it's just, you know, right now it's in Wyoming and we'll see where it goes from here. Wyoming definitely has its perks for taking really pretty shots. Oh yeah. You're finding plenty of nature out there. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost like cheating when it comes to like beautiful pictures and scenery. Like the only thing that I think might top it is like the Alps. It's ridiculous out here. Kentucky's got plenty, plenty too. You just got to get out there. True. I like to tell people though that I live in Colorado because no one really knows what Wyoming looks like because no one lives here. I mean, Washington, Washington DC has more people in, in the city than we do in the entire state here. Well, isn't like uh, the joke that the state tree is the telephone pole. Uh, yeah. Or, miles and miles with not seeing a tree. I would say more the fence post. <laughs> well, that's true. You see more of those I, than telephone poles. I went to uh, Wyoming. I've been there one time. I was 16 and we drove through a town and it said population five. Yeah, it's pretty kind I had a very hard time wrapping my head around that one. Um, how in the world do you have a population of like, there was nothing within like hundreds of miles. Like how did these people live? It, it, it was crazy. They got a long way and then they just moved closer to each other. So all five were. <laughs> it was just one family in a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's beautiful country. Uh, I went in the middle of winter. Um, <laughs> mom mom is the, the teacher and dad's the principal see someone out there with a spray can like oh they're expecting it six no <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's it's beautiful country though have you been no i've not i've actually not been to any part of like the northwest out there out there yeah, it's, i've been I, I was in jackson hole and yellowstone and um my dad and i actually went snowmobiling we, we did several hundred miles through yellowstone one day and it was Went up all the way to the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone. It's just unreal, unreal country. You you don't even know you're on Earth. It's rough. Like it's it's not like a place for the faint of heart. That's for sure. Yeah, it's considered good. one of the most difficult states to live in, for sure. 
Oh, everything's harsher up there. The winters are harsh. It's it's sparsely populated. There's not a lot of big cities. You have to rely more on the land and, and being self-sustaining in, yeah, in a lot of where, places. Where I live is a relatively large town of 2000. And uh, it's like the center of the county. And I have to drive an hour and a half to see a traffic light. I'll put it that way. Wow. Nice. So, so how do you find whiskey where you're at? Actually, well, first off, I don't generally have to buy much because it's all sent to me. So That's my, a perk, uh, yes. My, since I don't have, where I live is in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of nowhere. So I don't even have an address in my home, which is a refurbished barn. So I have to have a PO box in town to get stuff delivered to, which is like another seven miles in. Um, and yeah, so, Kentucky towns, right? yeah, yeah, the mailbox uh, company that I work that, or that that I that I use, they definitely think I'm a raging alcoholic because it's just like 21 plus. Here you go, sir. What's in here? I wonder. <laughs> but I do have a, a liquor store. Shockingly, I was not expecting this. There's a liquor store. Um, even though Wyoming's control state, you can have an, uh, a proprietorship and independent proprietorship. Uh, so instead of having to buy state mandated, mandated single barrels, they actually have their own single barrel program. It's quite phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been buying, they just got like wilderness trail, rye and bourbon in Yellowstone. They gave me a couple of their old Fort roses picks that were out of this world. Uh, the owner Mike there is very well connected in the industry. So he was thrilled when I came into town cause he and I just geek out and he just hooks me up with stuff. So, uh, that was the one thing I was concerned about. Unfortunately, my fear has been assuaged in that regard. So how did you end up in Wyoming? Uh, I knew I wanted to end up in Montana, Wyoming, or Idaho. I've always been drawn to the, the Mountain West. Um, and uh, it just so happened to be, uh, I'm not going to say the name of the town because I try to avoid. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah. Because it's like a hidden it's like a hidden gem and it's going to eventually blow up. Uh, but I do my part to try to keep it as secret as possible. But it's you know about an hour and a half, hour and a half away from Jackson Hole. Um, that's like the closest, uh, major city, I guess you could say, um, for 10, 10,000 people is pretty major. It's definitely the most touristy region of, of Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it go to like 50, 60,000 during tourist season? Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's, it's insanity. I won't go up there unless it's for work. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, just this, this part of the country is there's just hundreds and hundreds and thousands actually of square miles of wilderness. That's just like complete wildness like moose i have moose that wander into my backyard all the time you got grizzly bears wolves it's just the the last remaining vestige of the wild west and cowboy country which i absolutely love it's just so rugged but the people are just so friendly um like i'm running a bar in town now and i just get like the, the coolest customers the coolest stories um but it's just a totally different vibe from going from like you know uh, working with whiskey companies worth, you know, hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars with an unlimited budget, just roughnecking it out here. Uh, I just, I absolutely love it. I've never felt so at home. See, I've seen black bears, coyotes, all that stuff, but I think a moose would throw me. I think that would be the oh, one yes. I would be like, okay, that thing is huge. <laughs> I mean, in the ones, they're ones that like, they're literally in town in the park. Like you can, in the daytime, you'll walk and be like within seven foot of a full grown moose. You're just like, Oh, hello. But they, they're not, they're not that bad. If they're used to people, as long as you don't mess with them, they don't mess with you. Like the ones that come into my backyard. If, uh, if I even like open the door a bit, they'll, they'll kind of stare at me and run off. Like they're not, they're only territorial really during, 
uh, like, you know, mating season, or if you're in the woods and you startle and then you're in, in, you're in their territory, like it's not human territory, then you're in big trouble, especially if you have a dog, which is like, then they take you off the census. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and we're back down to five. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's gotta be pretty awesome. Like, so here's a very interesting thing. I don't know. It just popped up my brain. Have you ever tried to use like a trail cam and put whiskey on and hope that you could get like a grizzly or moose, like right behind it? No, like cool I've been shot. I've been pretty successful with doing the wildlife shoots with um like nothing big though. Like, you know, like I did one with a raccoon, I've done one with birds, sure. um, you know, stuff like that. But I, it would just be I'm I'm so picky about quality, like I wouldn't care if it was a trail if it was a trail cam, I'd just be I would be upset because it's grainy yeah. and most likely at night. Plus, I mean there are Instagram accounts, like there's one guy, um Shoot, I'm forgetting his handle, but he's literally gotten pictures of a bottle of whiskey and a grizzly bear sniffing it. Like it's wild, and things pause like right ne- is uh, right next to it. I'm <laughs> mad. I'm mad. I don't. I'll, I'll find him and send you. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, but the cool. guy's work is like he's done it multiple times now. But this one grizzly bear in this bottle, I'm just like, holy shit! Like, and he's probably he's got a long lens too, which makes it easier. I don't have one of those wildlife shooting lens, but uh, it's been done before and yeah. much better than trail cam, like high quality, like crazy shit your pants shots of like how did you do that i would shit my pants see, you can't do that here if you do the trail cam you see a light picture of paul Grew grabbing the bottle <laughs> it depends on what bottle it is you imagine if you put a bottle of like van winkle 23 out there and then the next shot you just saw the grizzly just like his claws through the glass you just be like oh that's a great shot that cost yeah you or you're just grand. gonna find a find a tater dressed up as a grizzly just <laughs> is that paul and bear custom <laughs> <laughs> Chill out. God, and then God. all of a sudden you get a crotch shot of him flipping it in the parking lot next to the trailer. <laughs> With the bear suit still on and a watch around the wrist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Freshly dipped in red wax. Uh, it's my thoughts? witch tape. Just a thoughts question mark. Yeah, I, I smell it. Thoughts. thoughts? <laughs> the thing of thoughts I found a unicorn on the trail. <laughs> I was hiking and it was just right, sitting there. Yeah, went went turkey hunting, found a unicorn. <laughs> turkey twelve year. I mean, it sounds, like a, sounds like a great little skit we could put together, honestly. Oh yeah, for sure. You <laughs> could really you could really you could really screw with some people if you actually like knew like a trail and just put like a bottle, like got an old like Van Winkle twenty three year, and obviously don't put that in there, but like set it there and just and just document what people do. How funny that would be. The majority of the people out here would just crack it and start drinking it. <laughs> like, yeah. Be like, that tastes like sweet tea. You see people just take a swig, put it back down, and leave it the next person. You put it like, just take one, like old house. Yeah. yeah. Just leave like, plastic, those plastic little, tasting glass, like a stack of them, and say one each and just see how many people yeah. actually do it. Just that, take one. That would be a really interesting social experiment. I would do to it. Try. <laughs> that would be a very interesting there social experiment. That's a, that's a, there's an idea. I mean, I mean, there's, there are no, uh, it's all open container liquor laws here. So technically it isn't even illegal. Oh yeah. You can do that there. It's real easy. Just, just put, put it out right in River Gorge. They don't have to know who put it there. I mean, that wouldn't last a night. I could just see this though, sparking like some crazy, like TikTok thing where people it's are gonna just, happen like, now. fucking with everyone about like, <laughs> the question is, are we the ones that do it? Yes, we have to do it. Because it's a great I mean, idea. I, it's actually, if you're talking, that'd be kind of interesting to see what would happen. Just take one. Get like a higher end bottle and see what happens. 
Just see who's going to finally run off with it. Yeah, somebody's going to run off. And then just jump out and be like, rawr, my bear suit. (laughs) (laughs) There's always one. Not in Wyoming, you probably get shot. Probably get shot in Kentucky, too. So let's not, let's try not to die. Just use a bullhorn, sir. Have you ever been? Whiskey. Sir, just one. Please, just one. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is God. I know you did the uh, van, van life. Did you ever like make it through Kentucky, like through the parks and everything out here, like Red River Gorge or anything? No, I did. I did Red River Gorge prior to COVID and being the van, and also when I was working with Nickters, I was in Louisville like pretty much every month. Uh, and then I also helped open Kentucky for Whistlepig. So I'm okay. super and on top of events, like I'm just super familiar with Kentucky. But the only hiking I really did was actually Red River Gorge. Okay. Um, which is pretty cool. I spent I spent a full day just hiking around there, backpacking, about like yeah. the arches and stuff. I like the staircase. But I don't know if I can say that. It's like a it's an old school, like where the Native Americans would cross over the ridge and carve in. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I love Pond because it's the highest point. You just kind of see everything. So, what's like your go to hiking whiskey? Well, walk, the thing walk. is, I don't drink when I hike. <laughs> Shocking enough. <laughs> oh. People assume that I'm shit-bombed on the mountains all the time. Um, I can't remember the last time I actually had a whiskey while hiking, uh, just because I try to stay relatively safe, given my slightly crazy lifestyle. (laughs) Uh, But if I'm doing something, if I'm summoning something like that I have had on a bucket list, or it's like a really difficult hike, sometimes I'll I'll have a swig. But most of the time, it's just, uh, you know, whatever, whatever whatever brand is uh, paying me that week to, to shoot their stuff for the most part, or if I don't have anyone paying me, I mean, I just break it. Cause I, I mean, this is what I love doing. I mean, I've done, I can't even tell you how many free shoots just because I felt like it. So. I mean, definitely sounds like dream lifestyle. Like I love hiking, getting out and Gorge is one of my favorite spots. So now that it's not like 95 degrees and high humidity, I might actually go because I'm a big guy to be hiking in that kind of heat. <laughs> yeah, I'm just we're we're just starting to hit the 30s in the, in the nighttime here. So that that's that's like we're waiting for that. See, I like, love it I, because it's I can't it's, wait. It's mid 70s during the day and low 30s at night. It's that, that's, phenomenal. That's a bonfire whiskey right there. Yep. Unfortunately, right now we've got fire restrictions, and like uh, wow. we've had really bad wildfire smoke this summer. It's actually really been messing with me. Like my sleep schedule gets messed up, uh, very low energy. Like there's maybe a mile visibility most days. Like it's been really, really bad all of August. August is just not a fun month anyway. So give us a little bit more of like some background about the social media. Obviously you said like it it took off kind of, you started doing reviews and things like that. What do you, what do you remember being like the big turning point in, in that Um, where it was kind of went from more of a hobby to you saying I could actually make, something out of this well uh i didn't really make money off of my photography for many years um it started turning about when uh i started seeing a lot of people emulating my style of shooting and like tagging me in these cool outdoor shots so i was like oh i'm gonna use my platform to kind of give uh them exposure too and and to this day we we have an incredibly vast and loyal network of people that submit whiskey with a view shots. And so I would do uh, features. Like I would post pictures that they submitted and tag them and make sure that people would go follow them to create kind of this community. Um, I kind of stopped doing that a couple of years ago because I felt like in a weird way I was profiting off of it because I would get followers for work that wasn't mine. And I didn't like that feeling. 
like I'm sure you know on Whiskey Instagram, there are all these massive accounts and all they do is repost other people's work and never do any yep. original. Like they're horrible. Yep. And I was like, I'm never going to be that guy. So, um, as long as you're showing, showcasing where credits do, though, it's kind of a nice oh, I, I would always for give someone credit. that doesn't have what you're doing because I, I don't think you would like steal them, but it's kind of a cool thing to do for people that aren't as dedicated as what you're doing. Yeah, and they people, get their stuff seen in bigger platform. People liked it, but I just didn't want to be one of those accounts that relied and on I, other people for content yeah. and grew exponentially because of their work. I felt guilty yeah. doing that. So that's kind of why I stopped doing that. Um, I gotcha. But I, I think just a lot of my shots started going viral. Like the Glenn Cairn flip photos always were huge. Um, and then people just liked the idea of just being kind of like a crazy guy. Like <laughs> I like kind of <laughs> just the, the wild guy running around naked on mountains in the whiskey industry. Like there's not a lot of people like me. So, um, <laughs> I liked, I like to be professional, but also be reckless. And so I think people just kind of, kind of like, kind of moves to the bottle. <laughs> There's a lot of pictures of that. So I think people just like that. They just like that, that kind of like screw it mentality where I like in, in a professional and business sense, like I'm, I'm a horrible example because I could be making, you know, six figures traveling all over the world, working with some of the, the most like uh, well-off brands in the world. But I've just chosen to refuse that. I just want my simple lifestyle. I want my pure joy and my pure happiness to be by my, by my own boss and do what I love every day. And I think just people found that inspiring. And then uh, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people, a lot of people yeah. grooved on that. I had a lot of articles written, whether it was like Forbes or USA Today. And uh, that obviously helped me grow as well. Um, but I think what it is, is I'm, I just try to be as genuine and real and occasionally maybe a bit too graphic about how I live my life. And I try to tell people like, you can do this too. Like the way I live is actually very cheap. Like <laughs> it costs nothing really to go hiking. Uh, you can live out in the middle of nowhere for very little money. You know, I, I still bartend four days a week to make ends meet, you know, and I love it. I love it. It's like... I don't, I, I could, I could definitely turn this into a full business and just do this, but then I would lose the passion that I have because it would become, a, it would become something that's prioritized and something that I would have to do every day. And I was at that point before doing this full time and I hated that feeling. So I have promised I myself yeah. this will never be what I do full time because that will just take the joy out of it. So if I have to take a pay cut, uh, I really don't care. Like I make enough money to, to survive and get by. And, and, you know, I tell people like I'm living my retirement years right now. Like I might get a real job when I'm 40. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Do it the reverse. But I eventually start needing health insurance again. <laughs> hey, hey, when it stops being fun, then it's not worth it. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, you, you'd kind of lose your connection to, I mean, to what you're doing. Yeah. Well, in bartending, just the stories you're talking about, like the crazy stories you hear, you wouldn't have some of those. No. And I, and I love, and don't get me wrong. Like I love bartending. Like I look forward to going into work pretty much every single day. Like it's just fun for me. And especially living out in the middle of nowhere, it's a good way to socialize. There are always tourists coming through. There's always interesting people, interesting stories. And it's something like, you know, I was in the bar restaurant industry since I was 17 and a lot of people bitch and moan about it as do I, cause you have to, but at yes. the end of the day, like I, it's a job that I love. Like I'm basically my own boss. The uh, owners at the spot I work at are basically like, do what you do best. We don't care. Just, just make sure that you keep people happy. So I get to run my own ship and you know, it's just, it's good money. And 
that supplemented with the whiskey with a view stuff and some, some possible future plans coming up this year. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want for anything. Like I'm good. Yeah. Restaurant life's is def- definitely different. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you to, so w- I've been up for 23 years. I kind of, <laughs> yeah, it's, a you know how it goes. Yeah. People don't understand. It's a fun thing, but you can't just stop doing it. It's, with the um you know with what you're saying about tourists and stuff coming through especially how much of from an educational standpoint do you find that you're able to kind of share your passion of whiskey and your knowledge to people who are passing through your bar oh it's great i mean it's super easy i've run bar programs and whiskey programs before so that's kind of like uh you know like i offer a flight of different six different wyoming whiskeys and and uh and you know talk about those and get people involved and I've already created like I'm already I'm already referred to at the bar and in town as whiskey Nate, which I love. Which I I didn't even have to bestow that moniker upon myself. People just started calling me. I'm like, well, this is just fate, like because that's what I've always sure. been called everywhere I go. Um, <laughs> but it's it's just uh, it's fun for me to kind of teach people about you know it's just it's working as a brand ambassador but behind a bar basically and giving them right. a crash course. And I have tourists that come in that you know maybe uh, have a rental out here or something like that. Like I see them every couple weeks and. I'll bring in a new bottle once in a while, kind of like working out what people like here. Um, and then they're just intrigued by my story whenever I choose to tell it. Uh, and they're like, what, what are you doing out here in the middle of nowhere? I'm like, I spent years traveling all over the country and world. Like I'm, I'm sick of it. Like I'm ready to just stay out of cities and stay out here in my little slice of paradise. That's definitely very great. unique <laughs> for what most people are, are like. Well, a lot of That's, people get sucked in by the, the by the grandeur and the clout of, of, you know, posting about what you do. And I was in this place and I had this fancy restaurant and I like, you know, bought this brand new car and, and that means jack shit to me. Like, I don't care. And I think that comes wrong, uh, uh, comes through on my posts where I'm like, I'm never going to be like one of those fancy watch, fancy car. Like I'm never going to be able to afford a 30 year McAllen. Like I'm just going to live my life and spend my money on uh, experience, not on things. Do you think that some of, not some of the, obviously not some, of, but like, well, maybe some of is a good word. Some of the popularity and, and success, especially of your social media profiles, it has been because so much from in the, you know, in the whiskey and bourbon world, you're starting to see a change from that old guard of bourbon's not no longer this, or, and even scotch for, you know, for a lot of reasons, it's not this snooty drink of the elite anymore. It's everyone's starting to drink it. A lot of people are starting to get into it. And I think you're starting to, to see changes in the median, right? Like you, you're different. We're different. Dad's is different. Whiskey, uh, all these different places and, and podcasts, like we all do things differently, but the ones that are not the snooty, like, Oh, I get eight, 18 different scents of five different apricots in this drink, right? Like we still do tastings, we still do reviews, but I think we do it, you know what I'm saying? But we do it in like a real level. Do you think that that's playing into kind of like the popularity of like your page and your content where that kind of whole dynamic in the whiskey world is changing? I think so. Um, And I think that I also have figured out a way to kind of transcend that. Like I can be a total geek. Like I can talk someone's ear off for hours on, on every nerdy subject whiskey that you can imagine. But at the same time, I've also like to keep it accessible to new people. I don't like the snooty higher end, like just like I'm better than you people. Like I'm just a normal dude that I just happen to have a large following and a pretty good beard. Like that's just you have a phenomenal beard. <laughs> that's just how beard, it which... is. Like, 
And, and I think that's, that's what's coming about is people are realizing it's, it doesn't have to, you don't have to be high end. You don't have to be classy. Like you can kind of be a little bit of a roughneck and, and really enjoy whiskey and kind of learn about it. And fortunately with the craft distillery boom coming on, there are so many variances. There's so many different ways that whiskey is being made and it's becoming like fascinating to see like these different grains, different mash bills, different uh, barrel types, finishing processes, uh, I love seeing the experimentation going on and also the fact Absolutely. that there's, there's so many distilleries opening up, whiskey's becoming available and it's actually starting to go down in price. I mean, the super premium is still super premium, especially on secondary market, but like you can buy incredible five-year whiskey for under, you know, 60 bucks where that oh, five-year yeah. whiskey used to sell for like 120. So oh, I think that the fact that it's more accessible uh, people are actually starting to pay attention to what they drink. Like I've noticed for sure, like, yeah, we all like to get drunk and have a great time. Like, that's cool. Like, I'm all for that. I'm always going to drink more than the average human being. Right, yeah. I also like to stay in shape, stay healthy, take my vitamins. But at the same time, people are actually starting to care what they put into their bodies. And, you know, for me, like, the least hungover I ever am is if I'm drinking whiskey. Like, beer makes me hungover. Absolutely. We've like, talked about like, that Like, grain, grain spirits for the most part. Like, I don't even drink cocktails. Like, I love making cocktails. It is very rare that I ever drink a cocktail. Like I just like whiskey in a glass and I feel great the next day for the most part. I prefer a cocktail if I go out because I don't want to pay the extra price for a one ounce pour. $12 yeah, for yeah. this. Yeah. I like, just give me the KT with some ginger ale and call it. I'll pay $5 for that because I have plenty of whiskey back home that I can drink. It, it's definitely the whole everything's natural thing that, that goes into it because I'm the same way. Like I, I don't drink anything else. <laughs> it's funny it's funny for me because like bourbon bourbon and rye i get pretty drunk on um but i can drink scotch all night and be completely functional like i'm yes, not gonna, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna get behind true. the wheel or anything but i can hold a perfectly like candid conversation everything i remember everything the next day oh, okay i'm fine oh, with that yeah it's yeah. the next it's the next, the day. next day scotch Honestly, now, from Bourbon the next day you i can drink, drink, drink a bottle of bourbon wake up like, oh i got a headache two advil call today i drink a half a bottle of scotch on a good night. I'm not saying don't drink responsibly. Yeah, Sorry. don't. That's a, that's anyway, a rare. This night. is like these are like fire night. Anyway, this is like I over the course of eight hours. One night, and then I wake up the next day and I feel like death. It's yeah, funny because yeah, every, everybody's fuzzy. different when it comes to that. But I have noticed for the most part, whiskey drinkers generally have that. They have the one type of their style of whiskey to get some hammered. And then they other have yeah, the other type of whiskey where they can just chill and relax. And so like for me, scotch events, I like have no fear of getting too drunk for the most part because I'm able to just I, cruise along nice and smooth. Whereas bourbon, I, I got to kind of be careful. So bourbon I can drink. I'm going to get pretty, pretty well toasted. The next day is fine. Scotch is the opposite. I can drink scotch all night. <laughs> it's just the next day. It's like I need I, I Powerade. I need vitamins. I need yeah. I think we feel the same. Like the night of, we feel the, the same. It's that next, and it's like that fuzzy, that fuzzy feeling where you're you're kind of like, because we drank a bottle of Longville sixteen once, and it was the next day was just weird. Because we've done like we've done a course of like six or seven hours, and you know, there's you know maybe another one or two of us we drink a bottle, and, and the next day we're perfectly don't fine. Don't try to hide it. Man. I mean, it could be if we drink three bottles in one night, so don't try to hide it. Bourbon, we're fine. Three, my first whiskey miles. job was three years of, of slinging scotch. So those first three years, since like, you know, I worked for scotch brands, it was obviously much more accessible and cheaper than right. drinking bourbon. So who knows? Maybe it's just because that's what I kind of cut my teeth on. Right. I, I, I'm your favorite scotch. Favorite scotch? Springbank, hands down. No question to ask. 
Okay. I've heard real good things about that. Was Graham's second yeah, spring yeah. bank eighteen? It was a part uh, sixteen spring bank sixteen or the Glen Park was twenty five. Those were yeah. They, they have, yeah. they've done single casks, but the spring bank fifteen year, which is like one of their core expressions, is in my opinion the most perfect, well rounded scotch. Like people like will usually say like an older bottling of like McCallum or not McCallum, sorry Highland Park eighteen is like the perfect scotch. I think spring bank fifteen is the perfect scotch. Okay. Like that's my I, desert island scotch. I've okay. had it. Uh, Have you had it? I've had the Highland Park 18, and I was a all right fan, but the floor tenure cash drink has been my favorite scotch. So and I've really liked the triple wood. For uh Lafroig. Lafroig, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm a Lefroig. I like smoky scotch, so I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a Lafroig, like that's my that's my scotch. It's kind of like we'll go to that, but like Lagavulin sixteen is kind of like the one we all universally well, really that's, really that's like. An Isla scotch too. Yeah. So. And then I mean, it's hard to beat the, the Lagavulin sixteen. People are kind of like shit on, but I mean it's such a solid pour. Well, we've got two. And we've got the eight year and 11. the eleven that we are going to crack open that the at, at Coffee. Like, not coffee. The other one is a Guinness. 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 Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, the, 16, the 16 for me is just for Lagavulin. Uh, I had a couple of distillers editions that were really good, too, but the Lagavulin 16, I mean, I think that's just for Lagavulin, that's all you need. I don't know what it's like around there, but around here, they dropped the, the tariffs, I guess. Yeah, the it. pricing went yeah, way so down. The, price, the pricing dropped. It's the same price as the eight-year. So now I can walk into a liquor store and see eight-year, 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 but 16 is just not there. So, so. yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're on this whiskey again. So Wyoming, what's the best Wyoming whiskey that you, you – you said you have five that you like. Where are your just top two? Because I've never had Wyoming whiskey. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so my top two right now, uh, number one is actually Wyoming whiskey. And yeah. full transparency, like they've been a client of mine in the past. Like I've done work for them. But I love them because – and the owner, David, will hate me for saying this, but I do it all the time. It was terrible at first, like really bad. Like really, really, really bad. It's fair. And uh, like they when they first on, started, yeah, when they first started, the first okay, two batches okay. were, were awful. And actually, I've done a lot of damage control out here. Um, people like don't want to drink it because they, they remember those first batches yeah. and kind of like, no, 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 this is totally different now. Like, it's nothing, it's night and day, like, it's completely different. And they end up being like, oh, wow, okay, so yeah, like, once you get rid of those preconceived notions, it's 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 actually quite good. But they brought in Nancy Franey and uh, my buddy Derek over there is the master distiller. and and blender and they have just created a completely different taste profile um so i mean i love their standard five-year expression and then they have a double cask uh that since you know they got uh, bought by edrington they have good access to really good casks so their their double cask is finished in sherry and i'm very 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 picky with finished bourbon but yeah, they, so are we. They, hit the, they hit the right notes on that one goddamn like it's really good um and then i see a lot of promise out of another again Full disclosure, a client of mine, uh, Brush Creek out of Saratoga. Um, and they have a bourbon and rye they've blended themselves. Uh, co- you know, a combination of whiskeys from the usual suspects from Kentucky, Tennessee, and Indiana. But the rye in particular, which I'm actually drinking right now, is one of the best sub $40 bottles of rye on the market right now, in my opinion. Like it's. Oh, can you hold that up? I can see it. Yeah, Brush sure. Creek. Brush Creek. Oh, okay. They're, they're very, they're very small distribution wise. They're kind of just about the Mountain West. And, uh, I'm actually heading back over there in a month. Um, I haven't tasted their own stuff yet. Um, I'm intrigued to, so I don't know what their own is going to be like. But uh, my buddy Andrew over there is their master kind of blender and manager. He's from Kentucky. He's, he's worked with a lot of amazing brands. He knows his stuff. 
So the blending process is very skillful. Uh, and if it, if he's, you know, managing the distillation as well as the blending, I mean, I have high hopes for that. But right now, their own whiskey is about two years old. Oh, cool. Okay. You, you're starting to see a lot of a lot of interesting stuff coming out of the Midwest. Um, we're big fans of Old Elk. Um, I don't think we've had anything that they've produced that's been bad. I like to um, stuff. So. Yeah, 291. Just doing are they, still, are they still sourced, though, Old Elk? Mm-mm. No, no, they're, no, they're they're not, not now. Not now, no. They were originally. They've now started going into their own stuff. Yeah, so there's a um, a small batch. It's a, it's a sour, sour, sour mash. Yes, yeah, and it, they only had uh, 30 barrels, right? Yeah, 30, 30 barrels of it. Yeah. And oh, I would put oh, that... Do what? Nothing. Because <laughs> I'm staring at it. No, it's not here. It's right there. No, it's not. No. It's not there? No, my yeah. bottle's in some basement somewhere. Okay. Oh. I, I haven't I haven't had any of their stuff in like three or four years, so I, I'm, I it's it's no. very good. We um, had we had Greg on, and uh, they they made the switch, obviously, from when he came on and started distilling. Now they're on to their own stuff. It's, it's well, well, kind of the irony of it is, even whenever they were doing some of that, he was actually making it over there too. Yes. So he moved yeah. over, and he was still. Yeah. Still making a way, technically, the distillers still. <laughs> well, James like, Pepper has the same story. Like, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, they hired the distiller. They were like, who makes this barrel? Well, this this distiller does. Let's hire him. Old Oaks kind of has a similar story with Greg Metz, so. Yeah. Except, except but, Metz is like a legend in the world. Oh, he's a, well, yeah. Oh, yeah, everyone. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you know whiskey, you know who he is. Yeah, yeah especially Rye, so yeah. yeah but I have the- a... Uh, but yeah, no, Colorado, especially like, uh, I've, I've done, you know, work with, uh, laws out there in Denver, Stranahan's, um, 291. I haven't tried recently, but I've heard very good things. Like, but my favorite is a little sleeper in Boulder called Boulder Spirits. You may have seen them on Instagram, uh, since I started promoting them and I haven't done any paid work for them. Like I've literally just loved their stuff so much that I just shout them out and they have, in my opinion, the best American single malt on the market, hands down, no questions asked. Uh, they import their barley from Scotland. The owner is Scottish. Uh, and, Scotland. It, and it is uh, aged all in virgin oak for five years, uh, four to five years now. Wow. And uh, it does not have that milk chocolate note that you get from almost every single single malt, American single right. malt in the country. It has those fruitier notes of a scotch. Uh, and think this uh, is the barrel's different? Oh, uh, no, it's, it's, just a, it's just virgin oak. Well, I know, like, but usually a scotch is a used barrel, so that's why. Oh yeah, yeah, it is. So. It is, and and that's why I'm so shocked that it doesn't have that milk chocolate milk that I'm so used to from 100% barley uh, bill. But uh, their stuff is outstanding. You know, it's 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 bottled at 100 proof. Um, it's it's basically bonded bonded single malt is the way they put it. But this stuff is like I'll, I'll see if I can have them send you a bottle. You'd be blown yeah, that'd be great. like oh, we love yeah, to try they have their own rye, their own bourbon. They do everything in house. They don't source. They're doing some finishing components, but they're 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 in my opinion like one of the most interesting, very small operation craft distilleries in it, definitely in Colorado, if not the country. Like they just they're just doing different something different there. And I yeah. love it. I, I'm liking the single malts coming from America right now. Yeah, they're so getting I'm way loving- better. It's they kind of the wild west of yeah. The they all right they now, all tasted no the rules. same. They all tasted and still a lot of them taste like milk chocolate. Like it's just yeah. that's just the prevalent note right. that I have the tasted. The first couple of years were rough. The first couple yeah. The first couple of ones I tasted, I was like, Ugh. and then yeah, a lot yeah. of them will compensate for that by overfinishing, and that's the big issue. Mm-hmm. Is the problem with American single malts 
and distilleries. And I'm all for a finishing component when it comes to that, but they're just way too heavy handed. They're just, they just, it needs to be very, very light when it comes to single malt. You want that barley to shine through. Yeah. Cause and the problem is it's just a big range. Yeah. And it just, yeah. like, you just need a couple months, but a lot of them they'll, they'll be like, we finished for a year. I'm like, I'm probably not going to really like it. It's going to be too overpowering. I'm going to lose all of that barley influence that I want. I want that. Yeah. Especially if you're drinking single malt, you want the barley. So you're, they do the year, and you're like, eh, this card in the three months, and I've been good with it. Yeah. The one the one I found out in Colorado that I really want to try is uh, Leopold Brothers. Like Todd Leopold at three chambers still and everything he has. I mean, yeah, I heard I heard about yeah. that. I, I would love to – I've heard that from know, several like people that I know that, that are I, – I respect their opinion greatly. But that stuff yeah. is like something like brand new that's really crazy. I, I want to see what this still can produce. And I, like, I, 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 I was on a group call and basically like he found these old diagrams and all this. And he basically had like, I think it was Vendo made it. And they were like, we don't know how it works. And he's like, here's the blueprints. Just make it. Huh. <laughs> and it's like, like it's been making part. some crazy stuff. Um, some of his stuff he labels just American whiskey because he didn't want to be pigeonholed in the bourbon realm. But um, I haven't had any of it personally, but more and more I keep hearing and studying on it. I can't wait to have it. Yeah, no, I definitely would like to get my hands on that too. I might be doing some work down in uh, in Denver at the end of the month, so maybe I'll pop in there. It's, yeah. it, the, the craft stuff is, is so awesome. It, it's kind of your point there. We, we really are, are fascinated with it. Uh, every small distillery, craft distillery that we've had on, all of their stuff that they're delivering is just, it's very good. It's, it's, it's well, pushing the needle, right? It's changing the whiskey game. Was it Three Core that talked about craft distillery? No, was it Three Core? My mind's gone. My mind's well, three, three Core is all sourced still, they correct? Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's all sourced, but like, he was talking. Who was talking about how the original whiskey? Yes, like they blended. It wasn't like they all. Oh yeah, that was yeah, that was three quarter. He was talking yeah. about. He was talking Ari. about blending. All right, all right, yeah. Ari so he was talking about like the original like craft back a long time ago. It was like they blended whiskeys. They would get these barrels and they would blend it, and that's that's where it came from. So craft distilleries technically, the way he described it is like kind of going back to the old ways. Like get a bunch of barrels, blend it, and make a new flavor. Yeah, and it was all yeah, sorts because- of. Yeah, because everything everything was different in the aspect, like single barrel and all that was a new concept, small batch to that really reignited the whiskey industry, you know. That's yeah. kind of what changed everything back back to what it is now. Yeah. Well, yeah, ironically, I mean, all whiskey was basically single barrel at that point. You just bring a barrel and dip a dip, dip a cup in. Before old course, yeah. 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 Bottling. I mean, that was that was the way politicians ran. It was whatever politician brought the most booze of barrels to their podium that the locals could dip into. That was who they'd vote for. That's why you can't sell whiskey on election day now. Yep. Yep. That, I feel like we should go back to that. <laughs> Did you know that Washington <laughs> is still whiskey? Shut up. <laughs> God damn it. I fucking, do you see the assholes that we hang out with? All this? Can you believe we actually made a podcast? Holy shit. That's the way it should be. I'm in a really good mood today. Three so assholes. Three assholes. Asshole ish. Three three assholes hanging yeah. out talking about whiskey. It's the, the way it goes. Yeah. It's a good time though, man. Like, so kind of tell us what, what do you think is uh is next for you for your page? You know, what what would you like to see in a perfect world happen for Nate in the next five years? Um I don't know because I don't plan ahead. Uh everything Fair. that I Everything I do is very spontaneous. Uh, 
selling all my shit and living out of a van that I kind of, it was something I'd always wanted to do. Like, but then making that decision was kind of just like, uh, you know what, in the next four months, this is going to happen. You know, um, right now I am so happy here. Like I have never had the experience of feeling at home somewhere. Like anytime I leave my town to go work somewhere or visit someone or friends or family or whatever, I can't wait to get back. Like I, I have an attachment to a place and I've never had that before. So, um, for me right now, it's just going to be living a kind of a wild life that, you know, I get to do whatever I want and, uh, work with who I want. And I'm just going to enjoy that until I feel moved to do something else. I've got, I had some interesting calls today for some potential pretty big moves uh, that, you know, we'll see how those unfold in the next two months. That could be pretty major if I choose to do them. Um, But I'm a little afraid to, to put more of a spotlight on myself with like, you know, these projects, which would be, you know, a lot more exposure. Um, I kind of like living my more incognito life. Um, but for now, I mean, I just, I just want to work with brands and live here. Like, that's it. It's pretty simple. Like I don't, I don't conform to like societal norms. Like I don't want kids. Like I don't know if I'll ever get married. Uh, I don't care about (laughs) like, I just, I just like, waking up each day and just doing whatever I want, you know? So like one day I may wake up and I, I want to go hike for 16 miles or I may wake up one day and just want to go lift and split wood for four hours. I may wake up one day and just want to just sit on my couch and watch TV and do nothing, which is a rarity, but it does happen. And, uh, or just read out in my yard in the sun. Like I can do any of those things I want every day. Um, and I'm like, why, why would I change that just to be, quote unquote successful. Like I don't I don't understand that definition. It doesn't make success sense. Success is relevant, isn't it? it success to me is being able to do whatever the fuck I want every single day. And that's what You're I have. Quite successful so, right now. Hey, then you are very <laughs> successful, very sir. Successful right I, live, I live I live in a barn in the middle of Wyoming. Like could I ask for anything more? Like it's 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 perfection. Like I have it's just I get to you know I, I right, right maybe insulation right in the winter. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. That's a barn. It's a big roadhouse. Like, well, no, my my barn actually has a 20 foot uncut. But well, here you, there's no video for the viewers. But I'm literally sitting at a bar. Like I have a bar in my barn. That's dope. Yeah. And then I've got that massive fireplace. Everything's lofted. Do you need a roommate? <laughs> but like that's I have like the ultimate bachelor pad. So. I'll build a shit out back and just hang out. Like, <laughs> sounds like we need to have a party at Nate's at some point. That I'm would be not in the winter. I can't run a snowboard. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe not in the winter. Not <laughs> not in the winter in the time. Band, it's it's, it's September and it's thirty degrees. We get still have fires in, in September. Like that's yeah. Well, but next unless month it's not allowed. A foot of snow, we can't get there. So yeah. Oh, I mean, look. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, oh, no, that was it. That it's it, it it's very freeing. It's it's very awesome to see kind of how you're living. Honestly, like when you say this, you're living your best life. You really are living your best life. Because yeah. a lot of people are when you say you're living your best life, it's within you know means and rules and things like that. But and I think there's also something probably incredibly freeing for someone like you who's got a you know you have a big following, you have a big voice in the whiskey world, and you can drink whatever the fuck you want, talk about whatever the fuck you want, endorse whatever the fuck you want. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. He's and you have a good time out. with it. Yeah, he's, 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 he's you figured it out. But do what you want and be happy. 
that's basically what I said to myself and, and I'm very stubborn and I'm very good at doing and reaching goals that I set for myself for the most part. I mean, of course I, I tell people like I fail all the time, but I learn from that failure. Like I don't yeah. let it bring me down. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's not a bad thing. No, it's not. It's a learning experience. Yeah. And I have a lot of learning experience, but uh, <laughs> for, <laughs> sounds better when you for me, it for me, it's pretty easy because a, a lot of, a lot of people base their happiness on how other people construe your life. Like they're like, you can't possibly be happy that way. Um, like, and most of the time it, it's, it's because, you know, don't get me wrong. I don't think everyone could live the way I do. Um, you know, it's a very strange existence. I just enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, it's not for them. I'm telling you, my dad, it's not for everybody. You, he's jealous. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, I tell people, I'm like, look, just don't, don't listen to what other people, like I've been told my whole life, like, what do you think my, and, and I love them to death and the most supportive people. What do you think my family said when I said, Hey, I'm going to drink whiskey and climb mountains for a living. They're like, what? <laughs> They're probably like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Or like, I'm going to photograph whiskey and live out of a van for a year and I'm going to make that work. What? Why are you going to do that? I'm going to go live in a barn in the middle of Wyoming in the middle of a, a you know, in the middle of nowhere and I'm going to be happy. By that point, people are like, yeah, you probably are because <laughs> you seem to have that down at least. So, somehow he makes this work. Next thing you know, you're going to see him on the Discovery Channel, it's like the power of the Northwoods Law or something like that. No, I don't be naked and afraid. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> except except we, that we, we just naked and drunk. You <laughs> just naked, no, naked, unafraid, and drunk. Just losing. <laughs> he brings one bottle, one glass of whiskey. You have one item to pick. What do you want? A gallon of turkey. Let's go. And he, and he he goes and he just finishes like well, what'd you do that for he's like crash i now have a weapon well no no, no. <laughs> the, the one the one item i'd bring would be a still i would just start to <laughs> <laughs> even better that just sit well we're going to do uh we got a cut he's drunk again uh, <laughs> you just see the blurry you're you're just blurry ass in, in the shot you <laughs> yeah. set the still just tinker and just be like do do that tastes good and then they're like and they're like well, I would have a whole thing with it. Be like, the other, I'd find like the other naked and afraid people and start bartering for their items by giving them booze. Like, I'd be the champion. I've been there for like two years. <laughs> you, you, you'd yeah. see, they'd be like, Nate, there's a rattlesnake. You grab it, you like throw it in the snow. You're like, this is going to be some yep. spicy fucking whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be the sleepy whiskey. <laughs> He's the only naked and afraid that goes on for three years straight. So you never know what happened to him. But again, he keeps on We haven't even checked in on him. We don't know if he's alive. We just once a month fly over. There's still smoke coming up, so he's still making stuff. <laughs> somehow he's the champion. It's, it's, it's like, like it's, season 12. Nate's still there. <laughs> it's like the end of the month. He just runs through. Like, keeps going, going. And going and go. it's, like, it's, like the, it's like the reverse Truman show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except he's We're like on to something. Like, we gotta, we gotta yeah. get, we gotta we get have, someone to pick two, this show up. We have two great ideas. ideas. We have two great ideas. There goes all yeah, your health yeah. insurance. Trail, because trail, by the cam, time trail cam whiskey and naked, not afraid and drunk. <laughs> naked, not afraid and drunk. Bearded, naked, not afraid. He's <laughs> yeah. gonna come out. Set eight years later, he's gonna have a beard down to his like down to his <laughs> freaking waist. Who needs clothes? No, your beard. Just, just wait. Just wait for the next the next release. Bottles and balls. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and on that, he's got a he's got a he's got a pet moose. He's like, I don't want to, exactly. he's like, he's like, I lasted him from human hair. My assistant my distillers back. of moose. He's <laughs> Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> what do you know, Rock? I don't know. Bullwinkle would say, "Ooh, Winkle, yeah, yeah, that could be that could be Van Winkle the moose, yeah." 
course. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. He's way overpriced. <laughs> <laughs> he gives oh, me his sheds my. each year. I use them to make tools. <laughs> See, we got a system. It's all working. It's all working. We have worked. Okay, this out. there's my next goal. My, there's my two-year plan. I'm going to be naked in the woods, distilling with a moose. How's that? Oh well. Can we get the exclusive on that? Because <laughs> that would be awesome. All right. If I actually, if in two years, if I actually get a photo of me naked in the woods with a still and a moose by me, what happens? What do you want? To that's have? on a t-shirt. I don't know. Like, I just that's want like, a t-shirt. T-shirt. That's on a t-shirt. I want a trophy. I want a custom trophy. I'll, I will get you. I will. I will get you a trophy. We'll get the trophy. That's, that's a sticker for a, a single barrel release. <laughs> hey, Nate Van Bull. Because I'll, I will legit. Because I'm like again, this is why people enjoy me. Is I'm a little bit wild. I'll actually start seeing if I can figure out a way to make that happen. <laughs> tomorrow morning, he wakes up. Tomorrow, tomorrow yes. morning, he goes and he sees three a moose. Three days later, we imagine he's got some copper out there. Three days, three, three days later, I just see a still a moose in his naked ass, and he's just like Toja. <laughs> yeah. Well, that I mean, I am going to be I am going to be hunting out here around a lot of animals, so chances are I could make it work. We'll see. Give me two years. Still, give me two years. We'll get the still out. I'll just have a bait barrel by it. It'll be fine. I'm not going to say it's going to be a wild moose, but I'll make it work. He's just like he's not going to be a wild moose. He's just like, yeah, I've been like. I'm I'm almost more disturbed that you have like people. You're like, I'll just have one of my friends bring over their tame moose. I want to see. Listen, no, this is the shot. I want to see Nate in like full like patriotic regalia on a saddle on a moose going upright saying America fuck yeah with a bottle of whiskey now that's, that's the shot yeah that's well, the shot better. I think mm-hmm. I think the still would be a little more disconcerting to people and therefore a little better that would be disconcerting yes that's that would like be it. one of those that would be one of those and also that things. was what I said I would try to do in the next two years so I kind of got to stick to my guns here because I want that damn yeah. trophy You're sitting here like uh, game board. I will, I, I will <laughs> drive to Wyoming and hand it to you too you're like Done. Game, Done game warden, I am not. I'm not baiting the moose. I'm just trying to get this shot of the moose. <laughs> I am sure, not why hunting that naked? moose. <laughs> why are you naked? And illicitly <laughs> distilling spirits, sir. That's have a, a different story. <laughs> You're just like you want some. Have you ever heard of moose <laughs> shiners? This is the next step. <laughs> <laughs> moose shiners. Moose shiners. <laughs> shiners. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, oh God, Nate! Thanks. Yeah, we, we better <laughs> that, stop. That needs to be what it's called, moose, moose shiners. Yeah, we're yeah, going we're gonna, to start giving away way too many good ideas and going down some real dark roads if we keep going right now. Go it, guys! <laughs> yeah, we need all to see it. Yeah, uh, yeah, trademark. You will get sued. Um, all right, Nate. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been a lot of fun. <laughs> Cheers to everything you're doing, and, uh, and, and enjoy. Tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Yeah, you can find me uh, on Instagram at Whiskey with a View. No Ian Whiskey. That's that's my more professional page. Or for more of my uh, standard antics, that's Whiskey underscore Nate on Instagram. And again, no Ian Whiskey because I'm a heathen. <laughs> and just somewhere in nature, you can find a lot of moose. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Right. Cheers, Nate. Thanks Cheers, so much guys. for joining us. And remember, a bourbon with friends can change the world. That's it for this episode of Bourbon with Friends. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, leave us a review to make it easier for others to find the show. You can also check us out on Instagram at BWF Podcast. Thanks for listening.